The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right. One of the things I was hoping to do is give Dr. Domagu Gungobese an, an opportunity just to wrap up her her thoughts. But, um, yeah, we seem to be having difficulties with her line specifically. You heard that she was in a very windy area. And, of course, she's the founder of the Nomkubulwani Culture and Youth Development Organization. Musa Khadebe says, uh, Mamangubese is absolutely correct to say that South Africans suffer from an identity crisis, we have to go back to our roots of Ubuntu and not politicize everything about traditional leaders or culture. Uh, That's his view there. So we'll take a couple of WhatsApp voice notes and then on the other side of this we'll be in conversation with the spokesperson for the Special Investigating Unit, that's Kaiser Khanyaro, will be looking at some of the work that they've been doing in trying to recover monies lost to uh, corruption, all sorts of corruption, and he'll give us an update shortly. Akethi, you know Dr. Ngobeni, she is not forthcoming, I know, with a a, a, a clear stance. I wonder what are her views on 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 practices uh, such as ukutwala. I I don't think she is clear enough on her stance. Kumi Tembisa. Hello, Siskete. Siskete, I think the the case of that mayor in Cape Town has to be reviewed. It's supposed to go back to the court, just because that child was a minor at that time. And so now that child is, I think, is old now. She can talk for herself what ha- what happened. And so I think it has to be reviewed and take it back to the court. And that guy is supposed to go to jail. He's supposed to go back to jail and serve the sentence. Morning, Katie and Mzanzi at large. No, our sisters are in big trouble with us men. I mean, five days ago, an elderly person point a gun to a lady. Lady ran to the police, people stopped that lady, say, no, we're gonna talk about this. What is that? I'm still trying to check to the police station that did you go there and then you were stopped? I, I, I can't believe, because that old man, license or no license, he was supposed to be in, behind bars. That's more from Ulluville. Our society is rotting, Cape. Ah, good morning, Katie. Uh, Ravel Kamfer, Mpumalanga. Uh, listen, man, yeah, this thing is not going to change uh, as long as we, the voters, what what did the voters do? Why did they vote for that guy knowing very well that he did what he did? Or those guys? I mean, come on, people, let's be serious. What about the voters? Because they are also to be held accountable in this whole shenanigans of that guy. Thank you. Mm. And, and, you know, that's, that's the conversation that we had last week. What does it say? What does it say about our communities that individuals with these kind of track records would be voted for into positions of power while people know? Because these are not things that are hidden. 
in communities. These are things that are known. So certainly a story to keep our eye on. Well, let me welcome then Kaiser Khanya who is the spokesperson uh, for the Special Investigating Unit, to come and give us an update on some of the, uh, their investigations. Uh, Mr. Khanya good morning to you, and thank you so much for your time. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to the CFM listeners. I think just before we go anyway, Mr. Khanyaro, let's get this one out of the way. You know, last week there were back and forth reports. I, I don't know if it was last week or the week before around the former spokesperson of the president, Kusela Diko, and whether or not there were monies that were paid into her account from um, the, the investigations that you were doing into the health contracts. Um, just, just clarify what is the situation there for us? Thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, maybe let me start it this way. When we uh, gave the president the report in July last year, we indicated in the report that if there are new allegations that come our way, we will continue and investigate them. And then we now have uh, uh, several of the new allegations that came out of that digital vibes investigation, and we're investigating them. And for what cost, whatever happened last week was the fact that Mail and Guardian then went ahead and made it as fact, the fact that we have written to the president to indicate all of these things, which was not the correct thing, because we have not sent any letter to the president in this regard, because the investigation is still going on. And once the investigation is done, we'll be in a position, if there is a need for us to do a referral to the president, we will do so. But at the moment, we are still investigating, and we do not want to jeopardize the investigation around this particular matter. Yes, I can confirm that we're investigating allegations around this matter that came our way. Okay, so, so just to be clear, you are investigating whether or not Kusela Diko had monies from Digital Vibes flowing into her account? Uh, unfortunately, if I do that, Casey, uh, uh, it will then hamper our investigation and also direct the, to, uh, to, uh, the information to the people that gave the allegations to us. Say for us to say that we are investigating the one million rand that we have been talking about. It is already in the report that was given to um, Royal Barker. Therefore, there is new information that came our way to, in that regard. Okay. Okay. So so you're saying you're investigating it, but you certainly have not written to the president to say that you have found that these monies or some of these monies ended up in her account. Yes, we have not. And, and we don't usually do that. We, mm. we send a referral. We don't write to the president to inform him of anything. When we have got evidence, we then write a referral that says, we found this evidence against somebody that was there, and this is what we recommend needs to be done in terms mm. of discipline and so on. And we attach the evidence. And that is what we call a referral, because we don't write letters to mm. the president to just give briefing on anything. Yes, it might be in the form of a letter, but we call it a referral because it's a letter that has got attachments in terms of evidence that goes with it. So, so where do you think all of this came from, um, Mr. Khanawa? No, I think somebody is, is trying to, to be clever and maybe a, a somebody who 
knows something about the investigation, is trying to leak some of this information. But we are not going to fall into the trap of, of people leaking information. We will do things the way we are supposed to do them, and we will do them according to the principles of integrity that we have in this organization. Mm. And once we, as we have always done, once we are done, we will tell the public about it. And we have always done so. And the fact that you were the one who was used as having confirmed um, part of this process with the president, was that incorrect? No, it was incorrect because we don't tell the president when allegations come our way. Mm. Because allegations remain allegations. And some of the allegations that come our way end up not being uh, confirmed. Therefore, if we keep telling the president every time there's an allegation, therefore we're going to have a problem. We can only go to the president with a report at the end of the investigation, as we are, the law says we must do. But if there are individuals who are employees of the presidency, we'll have to go to the presidency with their referral if it has been concluded. Therefore, that part to say we have returned to the president informing him that we are investigating this is not correct. So, so just my last one on this one, Mr. Kanyaro. So effectively, you are denying that you confirmed any of this to the journalists that had put the story together? We deny it. That's why we issued a statement to say we deny the fact that we have sent anything to the president. And uh, if, if he has got anything, because this is a simple matter, if he has got uh, that letter, he can prove it and show it to the public, because, because that is a simple one to prove. And we are saying we have not sent any letter. We don't send letters. We send referrals to the president after the investigation is done. And we will do so in this case if we find that there is substance to the allegations that is before us. Uh, are you going to do, be doing anything more about it in terms of taking it up, given the fact that effectively, you know, part of the accusation is that the journalists lied? Now, the fact of the matter is we have engaged, I have personally engaged with the journalist, mm. and, 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 and the intention is not to, to have fights between ourselves. Uh, the, the intention is to just find uh, common ground and I indicated very clearly to, to him that you have said this and made it as if it's fact, and the reality is it is not fact. And if he has got a different view, he can prove this letter that he says was sent to the president, which is non-existent. Okay, so we're going to be looking then at some of the other investigations that the SIU continues to run into corruption. Uh, that's going to happen after this quick break. on SAFM. We continued the conversation on the talking point. So um, one of the things that the SIU has been talking about is the extent to which you have so much more work to do. The bulk of your inf- in investigations have centered around uh, corruption that is PPE related. But of course, the mandate when, you know, when these investigations first started was broader than that. Um, uh, but the bulk of your resources, simply because of what has happened over the last two years, has also had to shift to the PPE corruption. But definitely, that, that was the case. You, you must understand that as the SIU, we investigate malpractice, corruption, and malfeasance that happens in government institutions, be it national, provincial, local government, and the state-owned institutions. And that is what we have been doing. And up until when when COVID hit and there was this emergency payment, then we had to now, in over and above what we were doing, then concentrate on the ones that were given priority by the president, which was the PPEs, and 
alone only the PPEs, for example, we have got more than 4,000 investigations that we are doing only on PPEs. Includes the others that we are doing before. Therefore, obviously, there's a lot of work that needs to, to be done. But even in between, there would be other proclamations like the lottery one that came up, and there was another one about the tariffs. Uh, funds that came up and all of that, but we still had to do all of those things together with the PPEs. Taking a look at an interview done by the SIU head, advocate Andy Mutibi, with the Sunday Times yesterday, one of the things that he pointed to is the fact that not all government agencies seem to be working together. There doesn't seem to be a level of alignment when it comes to ensuring that those who have been accused of malfeasance, who have allegations and maybe even charges against them, are facing the full might of, of the law. Yes, definitely. He, he, he was basically calling on all law enforcement agencies to work together in tandem so that we are able to, in the next at least two years, be able to show significant strides in as far as the issues of fighting corruption is concerned. And he was, because you know that in terms of our legislation, when we find criminality, we send it to the NPA. And we cannot just let it go there and then leave it. That is why we've got to sign and finalize a memorandum of understanding of an agreement so that we are able to assist each other. For the one of the examples that he gave is to say, when we give a major referral for criminality to the NPA and the NPA then takes it to the hawks for, for it to be uh, reinvestigated criminally. Therefore, the issue is, is there a need to do so? Why don't we then have this collaboration with our investigators? Because we've already investigated that and just align it or tweak it to the direction of a criminal matter so that it saves times and resources. That working together is what he was talking about. Are you finding right now that where you have been able to, let's say, even successfully get the courts to uphold orders against certain individuals so that monies can be recouped, that oftentimes those individuals are also then being pursued by the criminal agencies, including the NPA and the Hawks. Yes, we find that a lot, and and that is what, in terms of our legislation, we also are obliged to send that to the NPA so that it is done. It is done. And, and people mustn't hear us incorrectly. To say, we are not saying that nothing has been done. We are saying that it, it's not at the pace that we wanted it to be. And you have seen, for example, the cases that we investigated in ESCOM, and some of those guys are already appearing in court uh, as we speak. And we've got many of such instances where the, the, the processes have unfolded, and then we're happy about it. Mm. And we've got cases, for example, uh, that, 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 that we would want uh, to be handled speedily, and obviously that has not been done as yet. And we're saying let us work together and let us enter into memorandum of agreement. We have also entered, for example, with a memorandum of agreement with the, 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 the Auditor General to say, when you do your investigation, when you find certain things, remain useful to us so that we are able to take it forward. And those are the kind of things that we are talking about. Have you found that to date there is, uh, maybe complacency is not the right word, but that it does take longer for the Hawks and the NPA to follow up on cases that you have concluded? 
Yes, we found that, and we understand why it takes longer, like I indicated, because if they've got to then we, we investigate with the eye on the civil case, and 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 the the, the judgment or or the the, the weight of, of finding evidence around that is focused on that and is based on a balance of probability. They have got to prove beyond reasonable doubt. Therefore, mm. there is a different way of looking into the evidence that we have put together. But all we are saying is let us work together so that we don't repeat some of the things that we might have already done, even though you are looking at it with a different eye. We are in conversation with Kaiser Khanyaro. He's the spokesperson for the Special Investigating Unit. We're looking at some of the cases that the SIU is investigating. I see somebody here wants me to ask a question on uh, the investigation into Oscar Mabuyane. Okay, I'll give him a chance to respond to that when we continue on the talking point. Kathy Motlatana on SAFM. We're in conversation with Kaiser Khanyaro, the spokesperson for the Special Investigating Unit. Um, Mr. Khanyaro, let's talk about these reports that you've handed over to the president. So 15 SIU reports in the past financial year, and we've only had one of those reports being made um, public. I know it's not your decision in terms of which which report the president publicizes and which he doesn't, but but what has happened to the rest of them? Do you know? Does does the SIU follow up with the office of the presidency? No, thank you. Yes, yes, we do follow up, but it is not our responsibility to say to the president, release them or not release them. He he does that when when he feels he needs to do that. But what I know. As a matter of fact, most of the ones that are not put publicly, like the, the digital vibe one, they are then sent to the relevant municipalities or SOEs for them to be actioned. And that we have been assured of because we can see on the basis of those reports that action has been taken on individuals or people. Therefore, we are sure that that has been done. Therefore, there are certain things that the president has to consider whether to put it public or not public. For example, with the PPEs, in, in February this year, the president decided to say, all those that you have finalized, you, you as the SIU do a press conference and release them, and we did that. Therefore, all that happens at, from time to time when the president has applied his mind on it. Let me then ask this question. One of our listeners wants to know about the uh, progress on the health minister, which I think you've partly provided through the Kusela Digo uh, matter, but perhaps an overall update in terms of where you are with that uh, Digital Vibes probe? Yes, on the Digital Vibes uh, probe, as everybody knows, the report has been publicized and we were served with papers from the, the former minister uh, where he wants to review the, the, the report and the matter has now been uh, put onto to the High Court and we are waiting for processes of the court to, to unfold in as far as that is concerned. From our side, we've got a case in the special tribunal where we are wanting to set aside the, the contract and recover the money and that matter is also waiting to be uh, adjudicated on by the special tribunal. And Oscar Mabuyane? <laughs> I always say this to say we don't investigate people. I heard the saying, <laughs> no, no, fair enough. But I think you know what he means. <laughs> yeah, well, no, all we can say is, is we are investigating a lot of uh, things that are happening, especially the one that they are referring to is our investigation that we are doing in Amatola 
And we are continuing to, to, to investigate that because we're looking at processes and if there are people we, we find in there, we will deal with them. Therefore, we, we, as long as allegations are brought to our attention, we, we deal with them. We don't just take them because it is something that is out there and, and people are talking about it. In this particular instance, we don't have an investigation that is investigating an individual. Okay. Let me go to Mike in Durban. Mike, good morning. Hello, Mike. Uh, good morning, Kathy. Hello, Mike. Uh, I'm reporting and, and the bleeding right fires. I'm reporting from Durban Durban's Polluted and Rest Beach Fund. Kathy, if you shake the cupboard of in Kowanda's, uh this mayor, the, the ANC have recycled again in, in Etiquini. You shake his cupboard, you'll hear them bones. You know what them bones are? They are the, the COVID-19 PPE money scan skeleton. For valued at $456 million. You remember I spoke to you to try and get them on the line. Right? Uh, the SIU investigated. There have been no arrests. There's been no uh, uh, killing of, of whistleblowers yet. Um, and, and, and Mike, and, just, just, just for clarity, and, if, and uh, tell me, Mike. I challenged him on your radio show some time ago publish the names of all the recipients, mm. those ANC members uh, that bluffed uh, that, that they were entrepreneurs that received the money. We want to know what, how much they received, the date they received it, the address of their businesses, if they are registered. Yes, Mike, Mike just hang on. Mike, hang on. Right. Is, is this for the intervention projects uh, in KZN? How can they recycle a guy like this? No, no, no. This is going a bit too far. We know that ANC is corrupt. We know it's a criminal party. Okay. They welcome criminals. Okay. All right. All right, Mike. Let's leave it there. So, um, Mr. Khanyago, I think he's referencing some of the um, PPE contracts and, and the work that was done by the Etiquini municipality um, as part of the interventions for COVID-19 where already there was found to be some wrongdoing. So he wants to know what has been the outcome of some of those investigations. It's, uh, it's very difficult to, to know from, from how what he was saying Say for me to say that we have investigated uh, uh, PPE contracts in the, the uh, municipality in, in, in the Itequini, uh, and where we have found that the irregularities and where we, there was a need for us to recover, we have taken the matters to the special tribunal. I don't know specifically which one he is referring to, but I can safely tell them, tell him that we, if we find irregularities and there is a need for us to recover, we do so without fear or favor. It doesn't matter which party you belong to, we will do that without fear or favor. And, and we, the, the other thing that he mentioned is that there are no arrests 
obviously this is the, the discussion we've been having since the beginning of this program, where we do not have the powers to arrest anyone. We can only refer those matters to the, the relevant uh, people. And as you might know, in the, in, in the KwaZulu-Natal, for example, we've been with the issue of blankets uh, that were bought for, for, for people as part of the COVID-19. We have dealt with a lot of uh, many uh, issues in the Department of Education with sanitization of offices and so on. And, and, and we've dealt with all of that. And now we are waiting for recoveries in cases where we need to recover. Okay. Let me go to Hilda quickly. Hilda, good morning. Good morning, Katie. Yes. Father, I would like to, to ask um, Mr. Lekhanya, what type of cases are they taking? So, like now, there is a corruption of medical aid teams working in collaboration with the corrupt state officials. And the matter I did refer to the Council of Medical Aid teams was about 56 million that the medi- uh, uh, that particular medical aid they, they they took that money and then they bought some uh, properties and the, 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 that medical aid was put under administration instead of the matter to be repeated at the police station by the registrar of the Council of Medical Aid. Instead, that case was put underneath the carpet as it is like now. Doctors are still suffering. They are not being paid. So the, the, that those state officials who have arranged the Pakanga record for the doctors it's where money are also being taken there. So nothing is happening. So I want to know what type of cases are they taking, uh, Mr. Dikhanyao, if a person wants to refer the matter to them, what procedure to, mm-hmm. to follow them? Yeah, look, it is quite complicated, says Hilda, but let me let me allow Mr. Khanyaro uh, to speak for himself and the organization. And and perhaps okay. just explain, uh, uh, Mr. Khanyaro, how it is that the SIU ends up investigating matters. Yes, thank you very much for that. We, we take allegations from the public, but allegations from the public has to be around corruption in state institutions. If there is any corruption and you've got evidence towards that, that relates to state institutions, like I indicated, national government, provincial government, local government, and SOEs like the SABC, like, like Transnet, ESCOM. You can then send that to us. If it is outside of that, there are other avenues that you need to do because we do not get involved in private companies like medical aid when they do whatever they've got. That council is meant specifically for that. But if that relates to an institution of government, you can then send it to our hotline, which is 0800-037-774. Okay, can you repeat the number, Katie, for me? It's 0800-037-774. That is our toll-free number. That yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, Cecilda, thanks for that call. Uh, Kaiser Khanyago, the spokesperson for the Special Investigating Unit. Uh, that's where we'll leave it for this morning. It's midday. Time for me to hand you over to the update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo. The talking point back with you again on SAFM.